Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. All right, here we are. Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 53. The New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams, not the St. Louis Rams. Good morning. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. Go to RotoExperts.com right now for all your Super Bowl 53 essential coverage, including my complete preview of the game against the spread and prop betting from Davis Maddock. And we kick off today a full day of programming right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll be here all throughout Super Bowl Sunday until the final second of the game, uh, including, don't forget to tune in uh, on the the FNTSY Network YouTube as you can catch Red Heat and Rage live from Studio 34 uh, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern today. Uh, Cam Stewart and Gabe Marzi have wagered heavily in the game, uh, (laughs) wagers and props, and you can watch live or listen live here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, Let me introduce our Super Bowl team for today. First, uh, my my usual co-host and uh, good friend, Joe Galina. Joe, how are you today? Uh, What are you wearing for Super Bowl Sunday, and where will you be watching the game? Great to be with you, Scott and and Jim. Uh, looking forward to this uh, this show and, uh, and analyzing this game. I uh, am going to be wearing my uh, Mark Bavaro uh, New York Giant jersey, number eighty nine. One of my favorite uh, NFL players of all time. And uh, we uh, received uh, an invitation. Uh, one of my neighbors is having a little Super Bowl party. Uh, we love to watch the game. My wife is friendly with their wives, so you know we're going to have a, a nice dynamic there. Get to watch the game with some good friends, good food, and we're going to have a good time this morning on the Road to Experts. All right, joining us because we need all pro coverage. We need to amp it up for the Super Bowl. Who better to bring in than the big fullback of the Fantasy Sports Network, the guy who leads the way for everybody? It is Jim, the Taz Day. Jim, good morning. How are you? What are you wearing for Super Bowl Sunday and where are you watching the game? 
Hey, Scotty. I'm doing well, and uh, you know I'm going to be here at home. I got some friends coming over to watch the game. Uh, I'm actually going to be joining Gabe and Cam at about 5:30 on their show to talk a little last minute before the Super Bowl action, and uh, you know, got a big day planned. Uh, and uh, you know, I usually I'll wear what I usually wear, and, and that's probably nothing. <laughs> okay, bad mental picture to start today. What a party. Is this a party or an orgy we're having here, Jack? <laughs> all right, all right. Settle down, Galita. Yeah. Right, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, right? And this guy's, uh, this guy's naked already. <laughs> Just to uh, answer my own question, I'll be watching the game at home because I don't like going to Super Bowl parties because everybody wants to watch the commercials and not focus on the game. So I especially... Uh, I, um, I got the perfect... perfect Thing to get past that, Scott. Uh, What's a bunch that? Of years ago, I, I, I invented a Super Bowl watching game, uh, a card game that we play while we watch the Super Bowl. And man, it makes everybody watch the game completely. We have a lot of fun. Nice. And I will be wearing my Russell Wilson Super Bowl 48 jersey uh, for go. today. Right now, right now, I'm wearing my Super Bowl Champions t shirt to kick off the day from Super Bowl 48. Uh, you know, was asking around, uh, you know, about who was wearing what. And Mike Cardano said he had nothing Super Bowl related to wear because he's never seen the Jets play in the Super Bowl in his lifetime. <laughs> so uh, we we we, and he we probably uh, never will. No, we probably <laughs> never will. Uh, it's almost like Stanford and Son, right? Like like he said, Esther would say, "Well, I never," and Sam <laughs> Fred would say, "You never will." <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> we have a great uh, roster of guests today, and we'll have uh, Ross Tucker. Uh, former NFL uh, lineman and broadcaster. Make sure you check out the Ross Tucker podcasts, and we'll tell you more about them uh, when Ross comes on. That'll be at 9 a.m. Eastern. At uh, 10.20 a.m. Eastern, we'll have ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano to uh, preview Super Bowl 53 with us. And then uh, at 10.20, we'll, uh, I'm sorry, 10.40 Eastern, we'll uh, hear my recorded interview with... Uh, with Seahawks tight end Nick Vanette, who has some very interesting takes on how to beat the Rams today and where he feels Rob Gronkowski is in his career path and uh, who he should look out for next year on the Seahawks in fantasy-wise. And then at 1140, we'll welcome in uh, my friend and uh, friend of the program and a big football fan who's looking forward to today's game, uh, legendary New York Mets captain David Wright will join us towards the end of the show. So, uh, uh, very star-studded cast today, Jim. Yeah, looking forward to, to all the guests. Uh, some interesting uh, people coming on. Definitely David Wright. As a Mets fan, it's always nice to, to talk to former Mets players. Yes, and uh, now a special assistant to the GM and the CEO. And uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, partying today for the Super Bowl. We'll have a lot to cover. We'll even tell you, help you uh, set uh, DraftKings uh, showdown lineups or FanDuel uh, lineups, who you want to be your captain or your MVP. We'll talk about that. Uh, Jim has some prop bets ready for us as well. you have any uh, Super Bowl questions or comments, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. But uh, let's start out with the with the Patriots here, and noting that they come into Super Bowl 53 having won seven of their last eight playoff games. The only loss during that span coming last year when New England lost to Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. 
Uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have now won 29 of 39 postseason games together. Uh, Brady with 73 touchdown passes and 33 interceptions in those games. Everybody knows the history of Tom Brady. Uh, ultimately, when I throw out statistics like that, Joe, the, the, the specter of the Patriots uh, looms so large. It, it has become a pastime uh, for people to root against the Patriots. You'll hear that on Fantasy Football <laughs> Live today. It's become a pastime for people to root against the Patriots. But, you know, we've all talked about what a great run this is. When you look at the, the amount of Super Bowl experience and the fact that they've only lost once in their last eight games in the postseason, is that just too much for the Rams to overcome, Joe? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, the, these two teams pretty evenly matched. They both, I mean, you know, we talk about Tom Brady and Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, you have to start at the, at the top with the quarterbacks. But both of these teams uh, like to run the ball going to need to run the ball to be successful today. They both like to use uh, play action. And, you know, yeah, the Patriots have uh, lots of uh, playoff and Super Bowl experience. But, hey, you know, uh, that didn't help them last year because they, they lost the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they are far and away uh, – the top team in the NFL, and you talked about how everyone—not everyone, but the, so many, uh, so many people hate the Patriots. That's because they're at the top. You know, uh, you know, every everyone needs a, a villain, <laughs> and and the, the Patriots are, are that villain. But uh, this, I think, this is going to be a, a close game. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, like Reggie Jackson once said, you know, no, nobody boos a loser, right? So right, uh, right, you know, that no, is no, a Yankee yeah. fan, exactly. No press is yeah. bad press. <laughs> Yeah, the Rams have won their past two playoff games under Sean McVay. Uh, they lost in the wild card game last season and bounced back nicely from that. Uh, when they beat Dallas in the divisionals, it was their first postseason win since 2005, uh, January. Uh, the last time they played the Super Bowl was uh, was Super Bowl 36 when they lost to uh, New England 20-17, to and that basically began, began the Patriots' dynasty. It'd be interesting if, like, this is the last Patriots Super Bowl victory, and it begins. It gets bookended with the with the Rams. The Rams have lost two or three Super Bowls, if you count St. Louis and Los Angeles as the same team. Uh, the last time they rep- represented the city in Los Angeles uh, was when they lost to Pittsburgh in uh, in Super Bowl fourteen, nineteen seventy nine. So it's been a long time coming for the city of Los Angeles. Uh, how does that affect the mentality of uh, you? You know, football is a game of intangibles as well, and a game of emotion. Jim, you've played football yourself. Uh, there's that us against the world sort of mentality, but it's not really us against the world. It's really us against history with the Patriots. The rest of the world outside of Dot Avenue in Boston is pretty much back in the Rams. Emotionally. Uh, can, can, the, can the Rams really, really make up at that edge because history is not on their side? Well, sure. Mostly, you know, it's going to be a big part of the game. you got a, a lot of inexperience on the Rams' side versus a ton of experience on the Patriots' side. So all of that comes into play. But the one thing that keeps, seems to be getting lost in, in all the talk on all the gambling and, and everything in, for this game is the fact that when the books first opened up, they had the Rams at the favorites. Mm-hmm. The books had the Rams as the favorites. It was all the money coming in that pushed the Patriots to be the favorites. But initially, they had the Rams as the favorites. So, you know, they think that the Rams have a really good shot in this one. It's going to be 
you know, come down to whether or not the the Rams can play over that emotion and, and really use it to build up what they have to do. Let's face it, you, you go against the Patriots, you almost have to play a perfect game to beat them just because of the experience they have and, and what they've done uh, over the last 20 years. So, I, you know, it's going to come down to can Jared Goff get past the fact that, you know, this is his first Super Bowl and he's such a young quarterback and all of that. Can he get past that and go out there and play a big game? Because ultimately, if the Rams are going to win, Goff has got to go out there and play error-free football. The Patriots are currently tied with the Steelers for the most postseason victories by any franchise with 36. Uh, if they win, to, win tonight, uh, they could... They could obviously set that record, uh, break that record of the Steelers, and they could tie the Steelers for the most uh, victories, Super Bowl victories by a franchise with six. Uh, is is this the final hurrah for the Patriots? You believe? Uh, you know how how close to the end with Tom Brady saying that you know he's going to play past forty one, but guys like the Kelt Romy Coleman are saying that he's not the same that he used to be. Uh, everybody wants to see it. And we thought we were seeing it earlier this year, but uh, you know, how close are the Patriots to the end of their dynasty, in your opinion, Joe? Uh, I think they still have some gas left in the tank. I mean, you're right. At some point in the middle of the season, we were starting to question whether or not you know Brady was getting uh, close to the end. But the guy still gets the ball out of his hands, one of the quickest in, in, in football. Uh, like I said before, I mean, Pats are far and away, you know, the top team just from every facet of the organization, just from uh, just their the way that Tom Brady trains, the way that they're uh, Josh McDaniel, the offensive coordinator yesterday said, you know, you know, we have this tank in uh, Gillette Stadium that uh, yeah, we could sleep for 40 minutes, but we could actually get four to five hours worth of sleep in that 40 minutes. They're just so far and, uh, above uh, just any other organization, forward thinking, even though Belichick's been there forever, he's constantly reinventing himself. Uh, I'm sure right now that uh, McDaniel's having his cornflakes and maybe uh, making up maybe four or five new plays that they're going to be using the, you know, tonight. <laughs> they're going to run for positive uh, yardage. So I, I think they've got some gas left in the tank. And everybody talks about Brady and Belichick, and you bring up, uh, bring up Josh McDaniels. I think he just doesn't get enough credit mm-hmm. for his part in this dynasty just because he briefly left and came back. Uh, at age 33, Sean McVay can become the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl, Jim. Mike Tomlin currently holds the mark at age 36. You know, what a job he's done real quickly in turning this franchise around. Uh, there's no doubt about it, and that's why we've seen the run on young, uh, you know, coaches around the league because everybody wants a piece of what McVay has brought uh, to the Rams. And you know, let, let's face it, Jared Goff before he came into the picture, Jared Goff was getting very close to be considered a bust, um, you know, under Jeff Fisher. And then McVay comes in, and all of a sudden now we're looking at Jared Goff in the Super Bowl uh, two years later. So, you know, he, he's done wonders for this offense, for this team, um, for this league, just because, you know, he's really driving that impetus to have new upbeat tempo offenses with all kinds of bells and whistles that come from at you from all sides. And, you know, that's why we're starting to see all the other teams want to jump on that bandwagon. Yes, and uh, we'll talk about it later this hour when we do the Ram scouting report. But uh, the running game is going to be a big key for the Rams today, it's uh, how much are you looking forward to uh, watching McVay match wits with Bill Belichick today, Jim? 
Yeah, I, I'm, it's going to be fun. It really is. Is he ready for that? Yeah, you know, Belichick is, you know, one of the, of the most, if not the most, defensive-minded coaches in the league and just always has his defense ready. And, of course, McDaniels always has his offense ready. It's, you know, it's going to come down to who makes the, the mistakes. Uh, is it going to be the young and inexperienced Rams, or is the Rams' defense going to be able to step up and force Tom to make some crucial mistakes at crucial times? The one thing we know about the Rams is they're going to be different than what they New England's faced so far. They're going to be coming up the middle at Tom. Yeah, but Aaron Donald uh, repeating as, as uh, Defensive Player of the Year. More on the Patriots next. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right, welcome back to the Roto Experts in the morning. Super Bowl edition, special edition. We are going to go to noon today. Our first guest, Ross Tucker, will be joining us in uh, in just a little under 40 minutes. But let's start scouting the game here and uh, take a look at the Patriots uh, when the Patriots have the ball. And... Uh, the Rams have not beaten New England since 2001. They've lost the last five meetings against them, including the postseason. Uh, New England's averaged 39 points per game this postseason, which is the best among NFL teams. They've averaged 346 passing yards per game, which is the best among NFL teams as well. Uh, and uh, they've averaged uh, 165 rushing yards per game, which is uh, which is second best during the postseason, and uh, and Tom Brady is uh, is is uh, trying to replicate, I guess, what he did in last year's Super Bowl. Uh, threw for five hundred and five passing yards uh, against the Eagles, and a lot's been talked. The narrative really is, uh, Joe. We've heard it uh, going back to when the, when the Giants beat the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. Is you have to rattle Brady. You got to knock him off his spot. Etc. But Brady has adjusted over the years, and he's been able to step up in the pocket. But the Rams don't bring a conventional rush here. Uh, Brady has not been sacked yet in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting from Brady today? How much is he going to get hit by this defense? Well, I mean, that, what you mentioned is, is, is so key because, uh, you know, uh, we talked about Josh McDaniels, uh, offensive coordinator, not getting a lot of credit. But what about the, the job that... Uh, 
offensive line coach Dante Skarnecchia has has done coming out of retirement, uh, putting together this kind of I wouldn't call them ragtag, but they're not exactly you know uh, guys that you recognize uh, name wise. You know Trent Brown, seventh round pick uh, from the 49ers, uh, center David Andrews, undrafted free agent. Uh, I mean. They have, like you, like you mentioned, uh, no sacks in this playoff. I think he's been maybe hit twice, but but no sacks. So uh, and you know Brady, like you mentioned, adjusted getting that ball out of his uh, hands real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's a stat for you. I mean, they're going to have to obviously Aaron Donald is the guy they're going to key on. You know, protecting uh, Brady from Donald, and in uh, in the uh, McVay era. When uh, Donald's had two sacks, uh, Rams are nine and zero. So that's that's a big key to the game. Now uh, taking a, taking a look at uh, you know how the uh, how the Rams bring a pass rush. It's it's it's, it's really not conventional. Uh, they seem to bring it up the middle more than other teams do, uh, Jim. Well, sure. When you got two defensive tackles like uh, Donald and and Damakin Sue in the middle, it sure helps. There's no doubt about it. And you know, Sue has saved his best playmaking for the playoffs. He's had mm-hmm. two great games so far, and you know, he's going to be key to whether you know he can do it again. Because let's face it, like Joe has said, you know, Donald is going to see you know double and triple teams, and probably see a, a lot of you know guys coming in to chip on him as well. Anything they could do mm-hmm. to try and slow him down. So Works Sue is going to have to step up and be a big part of the game. You know, the, so far as Joe was talking about before that Brady's not really been touched in the playoffs. You know, both the Chargers and Chiefs defenses are built on the outside rush. You know, guys that are going to come at you from the edges: Joey Bosa, uh, D. Ford, Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston. All guys that are going to come try and come at you most of the time from the outside. And that just gives too much time for Brady to step up in the pocket and make those quick throws. Mm-hmm. For for them to slow him down, they do. They have to get into his face, get up right in the middle, not allow him to step forward into that pocket to make his throws. If they can do that and disrupt his game flow that way, that's you know going to give them a much bigger advantage. If they ha- don't get to Brady, if this offensive line for the Patriots continues to play very good football, then you know it's going to be a long day for the Rams. What's your prediction, Jim? Do they get to Brady or not? I do. I think they get to Brady. I think we're looking at you know the the best defensive tackle uh, grouping in the league right now with these two. They're just playing at a high level. They're just doing a lot, and I think they're going to overwhelm this uh, offensive line for New England and force Brady out of his comfort zone. Now, uh, a lot of fantasy analysts, have, including myself, uh, have said this, and I think the Rams and Wade Phillips are probably well aware of this, that if that's going to be the plan... Naturally, you believe Brady's got to get the ball out of his hand quickly <coughs> and get it to James White. Uh, the Rams linebacker has been very good in coverage uh, this season, but uh, just because of that, you, you can't always assume, we talk about it in fantasy football throughout the season, Joe, you can't necessarily just assume that because the defense is good in a certain facet that the offensive player is not going to have a good game because, you know, the best in the game they step up in tough matchups, and uh, nobody's done that more than James White. Over the last three postseasons, he leads all players with eight touchdowns over the last postseason, uh, last three postseasons. So even if uh, even if the Rams linebackers know that he's coming in this sort of strategy, can they stop it? Uh, sh- sure, they could stop it, but I mean, his- history will tell you. Will that, they uh, stop it? 
That's the key. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, history will tell you that, you know, James White uh, is going to get the job done, but he's not the only uh, running back to, to worry about. I mean, think about it. Last year at this time, uh, Brady didn't have Sony Michelle. <laughs> I mean, Michelle has been running wild as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, James White is, is definitely someone that uh, Brady has relied on. I mean, look at this. against the Chargers, uh, 15 catches, 97 yards. Definitely someone, you know, there, there's a few key guys that uh, you know, Brady's going to look to, obviously, today. Uh, Julian Edelman. I think Gronk is going to have a big game. Uh, and, obviously, White is someone that's uh, always uh, been a great safety valve for Brady. So I, I think he has a, a decent game as well. But could, can I jump in there real quick, Scott? On that, no. The, the one no. thing the Rams defense—they're <laughs> very down. good against—they're very good against pass catching backs. Uh, they've given up the third fewest receiving yards per game to running backs mm-hmm. on the season, twenty-eight point three, um, and they held. You know, so far in the postseason, they've held Kamara, Zeke, and Ingram to only 6.05 yards per target. Um, So, you know, they're doing a really good job against pass-catching backs. Don't be surprised if they lay that on on James White today. Uh, Rex Burkhead, to me, seems like the guy who's going to be the outlier that may surprise a lot of people. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, you mentioned Sony Michel. Sony Michel has become even more impressive as the year has went on. But his most yeah. impressive work in the pro season, he can join Arian Foster as the only other RB in NFL history to register 100 rushing yards in each of his first three postseason games. Now, the Rams were 23rd against the run in the regular season, but they've tightened up greatly uh, during the playoffs here as they've only allowed 49 rushing yards per game. But still, uh, New England's probably going to be, it was like we talked about with James White. The Rams and Wade Phillip knows what's coming, but the, the the Patriots are still going to try to employ their power running game, and they're still going to hand it to Sony Michelle, who is obviously their top goal line back. What kind of production are you expecting from Sony Michelle today, uh, Jim? Well, look, it, you know, the one thing we do know is Michelle is averaging twenty touches a game since uh, the bye week in Week Eleven for New England, so they're absolutely relying on him to come in and and do a great thing. Uh, you know, they got fullback James Devlin in there to probably be running both of them a lot, trying to give them that power running game going. Uh, but we're also talking about, like you just mentioned, the Rams during, you know, the end of the season were lit up. Uh, they gave up five 100-yard rushing games in a row to end the regular season. Then they get into the playoffs, and we're talking going against Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram, and they've only allowed a, a rushing rate of 25 one yards per carry in the postseason so far. So, you know, they're playing very good right now. And, again, a lot of that is Donald and Sue playing very good up the middle and really tightening up the middle of that offense, uh, that defensive line. So, you know, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, New England is going to try and get Sony Michelle going early and try and power run that ball, keep the Rams' offense off the field. I'm just not sure how, how good – how successful they're going to be with the way the Rams are playing right now. Rex Burkhead, uh, you know, Jim mentioned him as a possible outlier, and that's very interesting because Josh McDaniels and the Patriots always try to stay a step ahead of the opposition. And if the Rams are expected to see a lot of Michelle and a lot of White, well, Josh McDaniels can say, hey, I'm going to throw some Rex Burkhead at you, a little bit of a different style. Do you think uh, Burkhead is maybe a sleeper performer today, uh, Joe? I think he definitely has an opportunity 
to score a, a touchdown. Uh, as far as being a sleeper, I mean, I think we all kind of know about him. It's, it's almost like, you know, maybe the Patriots shy away from using him because we know about Barkhead, and we haven't heard from, from James Devlin <laughs> in a few weeks, right? Remember there was those couple of weeks where Devlin had uh, like three touchdowns over a span of, of four weeks? I mean, Burkhead scored a touchdown against the Chargers. He scored two against the, the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think that uh, definitely uh, Burkhead has an opportunity to score a touchdown. But, uh, you know, if you're the Patriots and you want to shake things up, uh, even you know, keep your, uh, your opponent guessing a little bit more, maybe uh, you, instead of uh, handing the ball off to, to Burkhead, hand it to Devlin. Let him take it in. Well, Devlin's not going to see the ball outside the 20s. Uh, right. You know, how, how, much, how, much do you, how much do you really think uh, – of a workhead, uh, a workload workhead, uh, <laughs> a workload, <laughs> workload Burkhead can get today, Jim. Well, look, and you know, go back to the Kansas City game. I, I mean, the, the snaps were evenly distributed between the three running backs. Michelle had thirty-four, White had thirty-three, Burkhead had thirty, and like Joe was talking about, Burkhead ended up having a really good game in that one. He had sixteen touches, sixty-four yards, and two touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime. So I think he's going to be heavily involved. He's a guy that you know most people are. are well, I shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people are just overlooking because of you know what White has done in the playoffs in history and how good Sony Michelle has been lately. But Burkhead is you know really getting into the game flow now, and they're really using him more than people are expecting. And if you don't really look hard at the numbers, people are just overlooking him. Rob Gronkowski, uh, we we saw the kind of blocking he's done in the playoffs, but as a receiver. Just not what he used to be, although he did uh, catch some key passes against Kansas City. The Rams did allow an NFC high 1,075 receiving yards to tight ends during the regular season. So, uh, you know, that does bode well uh, for Gronkowski, who might be playing in his last NFL game today. What are you expecting from, uh, from Rob Gronkowski today statistically, Joe Galina? Uh, I'm expecting him to score at least one touchdown. I, I think that, uh, you know. At least one? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I, you know, actually, you know, we, we're going to talk prop bets later. I mean, I, I'd love, you know, if I could find uh, time to put one down of him as an MVP. Last game of his career, probably. Right? Uh, last week versus, not last week, it's two weeks now against the Chiefs because we got this, this bye week. But uh, 11 targets, 6 for 79, seems to be a little healthy. You saw him uh, opening night in the Super Bowl, boogieing on down as they were announcing him. So he's healthy. He could, he could move. He could move like Jagger, right? Uh, he seems to come uh, up in Super Bowls. Super Bowl 49 versus your Seattle uh, Seahawks. Uh, scored a touchdown, 2 for 68. Against the Eagles last, last year, 9 for 116, two touchdowns. I expect at least a touchdown out of Gronk this week. All right, we'll talk about that prop a little bit later. Uh, Julian Edelman, uh, one of the most successful postseason receivers of all time, the second leading uh, postseason receiver of all time behind the legendary Jerry Rice. He has at least five catches in 12 straight playoff games. Uh, And here's the thing with Edelman. uh, The Rams know he's coming. Wade Phillips knows he's coming. Uh, keep Tlaib in the secondary, know he's coming. But Edelman has continually faced the best throughout his career, and he's often succeeded. Uh, this is where, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm expecting Tlaib to shadow him, but just because you know, th- just because maybe he'll be on him at some points 
Julian Edelman, I believe, can be matchup proof and stand up to anybody. Do you agree with that, Jim? And uh, what are you expecting from him tonight? Well, look, I, I don't think he's going to be shouted, uh, shadowed by Tlaib at all, oh. actually. I, I think yeah, that's not their thing mostly. to play man coverage, really. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, uh, they're, you know, Most of the time, when, especially when he works out of the slot, he'll probably be going against Nickel Roby Coleman. And I'll tell you what, though, Nickel Roby Coleman has done a great job covering slot receivers all year. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy who had a big hand in, you know, really stopping Michael Thomas in, in the, the game against the Saints. You know, he ran 18 routes in the slot, and he came out of it with 36 total yards, uh, second fewest all. You know, Roby Coleman is going to be enough, I, I think, on, on Edelman to – I'm not saying he's going to shut him down because you're probably looking at Edelman probably seeing at least 12, 13 targets in this, if not more, in this game. But I think he's going to have a hand in slowing Edelman down, and it's really pushing me to take a long, hard look at the – the element under props uh, for the game because Coleman has done a really good job in that position. Yeah, you know what? When we talk about the props, I'm probably going to go over with Edelman because I, I, be, well, I don't, I don't believe that I don't believe Edelman. that any I don't I don't believe that any defensive <laughs> back can really stop Julian Edelman from doing what he wants to do. Yeah, I don't I don't always believe like we say during fantasy football season that the defensive player wins the matchup and Edelman has way more postseason experience than Michael Thomas and he's a different kind of receiver. But, you know, they'll they'll pay a lot of uh, defensive attention to Edelman. Do you think that opens something up for Chris Hogan, who uh I don't know if you've noticed, has has fourteen catches in his past three games, including the playoffs. Does that make Chris Holman Chris uh, Hogan a nifty guy to watch, Joe? Absolutely. Uh, 23 targets in his last three games. Uh, you know, nicknamed 7-Eleven because he's supposedly always open. You know, one of the more disappointing fantasy players for the past couple of years. But uh, like I mentioned, heavily targeted over the past few games. Uh, you look at what he did in uh, Super. He seems to come up big in, in big games, too. And uh, Brady's been been looking towards him. Seven targets uh, in Super Bowl 51. Uh, in Super Bowl 52 uh, last year, eight targets, six for 128, and a touchdown. So, yeah, I'm expecting uh, a pretty decent game out of Hogan. Yeah, I, I would call him 7-Eleven. I'd call him Taco Bell because, you know, it, 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 at first it looks good, but then uh, it just ends up being really disappointing. So, <laughs> That's a good you know, one. That, hey, I like Taco Bell. Cut him. that out. <laughs> well, Taco Bell's disgusting. Ugh. Well, maybe um, by you. I got a good Taco Bell by me. They treat me good. I, I, well, of course they treat you good. They probably play fantasy football, but, <laughs> you know, we, we could have a fast food draft and one of you guys could take them, you know. I'll, I'll take White Castle or anything else over it. Oh, <laughs> right. uh, Whopper Got to be drunk to eat White Castle. <laughs> no, you don't. That's a stereotype. <laughs> it, it, it's like you know, nobody can admit to eat White Castle during the day. Come on. The only time I ever ate White Castle in my life was usually at 2 o'clock in the morning after coming out of the That's bar a classic, playing yes. softball before that. That is a classic. <laughs> You I wonder lie. how many Super Bowl parties are going to have White Castle. Can't Castles tell me you today. haven't drove by there <laughs> two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and you know gotten a bunch of sliders. Never, not once. In my, in my you life. lie, Jim Day. You lie. All right, we'll talk about the Rams next. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on the Roto Experts in the Morning, Super Bowl edition, special Super Bowl edition, going till noon Eastern. We'll have Ross Tucker joining us uh, in just a, a little less than 20 minutes. And don't forget to party with Red Heat and Rage on this channel and on video on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube channel, live from Studio 34 during Super Bowl 53. These guys have invested a lot betting-wise in the game, so you want to live the ups and downs with them starting at 3 p.m. Eastern through the end of the game. Uh, make sure you tune in for that. Uh, let's let's talk with uh, with Joe and Jim now about the uh, about the Rams and when they have the ball and what to expect. In early scouting report: uh, the Rams in the playoffs so far. They've averaged 29 points per game. Uh, which is second behind the Patriots, 244 passing yards per game, which is fifth. Uh, they've led all teams in postseason rushing with 175 yards per game, and uh, you know that that is that is the big key today, Jim. Todd Gurley is the big key for the Rams. Uh, we don't know how healthy he is exactly, whether he's 100 percent, 90 percent, whatever. Sean McVay has said to, throughout the week that. Uh, you know that he's fine. That'll play a significant role. But what does significant role actually mean? Does it mean that he's healthy enough to be part of a timeshare? But in order for the Rams to really have a chance to win this game, they really need a lot out of Todd, Todd Gurley. Uh, New England's linebackers have been very vulnerable in coverage during the postseason. Uh, we saw Damian Williams. Uh, catch four passes for 66 yards and two touchdowns in the AFC Championship game, and Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson combining for six catches in the divisional. Uh, Gurley has scored in each of the two playoff games this year so far. He is the X factor, the key for the Rams to really have a chance to win Super Bowl 53, Jim. Well, look, you know, everybody's talking about uh, maybe he's not healthy because, you know, how little he touched the ball in the last game. I'm just going to say this. I totally disagree with that. The week before that uh, against Dallas, um, you know, he ran for 7.2 yards per carry against them, 115 total yards and a touchdown. The, the game, the last game against uh, against the Saints, you know, it, it really came down to he made those couple of critical early mistakes by the two drop passes, uh, the one that led to the first interception, the other one that would have given them a first down deep in Saints territory, um, and then missed a block on a blitz pickup. And, you know, at that point, I, I think he was just 
having a game where it just wasn't going right for him. They have a good backup in C.J. Anderson, so they went to C.J. Anderson. I don't think it has anything to do with health. I think it had everything wow. to do with the fact that Gurley's head wasn't in the game last week, the last game, for whatever reason. I keep wanting to say last week, too. It just sounds right, mm. but it wasn't last it, week. It, it, was, it was the last NFL week, officially. Yeah, right, mm. right. Um, so, you know, he's he's going to be there. He's They need him to play a big part in this game. He will play a big part in this game. Um, you know, it, he, he just got to have his game, his head in the game. I don't think it was there two weeks ago. I think it will be there because it's the Super Bowl this week. Um, but, you know, it is an X factor. If he goes out and has a bad start again, will we see the same exact thing where C.J. Anderson just comes in and takes over the rest of the game? It's quite possible with the way that C.J. Anderson is running right now. The the only downside is C.J. Anderson is not a, as big a part of the passing game as Gurley is. And as you were mentioning, Scott, you know, to, to beat these guys uh, – with the running backs, a lot of that should come in the passing game because their their linebackers can't keep up with these running backs. So they're going to need Gurley to step up and have a big game, and and I expect him to. Uh, I think two weeks ago was a total, you know, aberration. He got off to a slow start, and it just got in his head. Yeah, I want to respectfully uh, disagree with uh, with with Taz, if you don't mind, in terms of uh, well, you Gurley's disagree, health. But you'd be wrong. Well, you know, I was wrong. What, uh, I guess I you know, inside the Rams locker room. How do you know you're right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, in terms of uh, Gurley, it's, I, I'm thinking, you know, a, a few weeks ago, uh, they were talking about, well, you know, he missed a couple of weeks and he needed to get back into his conditioning. They were given that excuse as to why they weren't using him that much. Then, uh, you know, the, two weeks ago, they, they kind of said, well, uh, almost what Jim was saying that, you know, maybe, you know, he was so upset over the drop pass and his poor play that you know they had a you know he had to sit on the sidelines I think it's a bunch of garbage I think that this guy definitely had there's something brewing with that knee and I think a couple weeks after the Super Bowl you're going to hear like a little blip about him having some some cleanup procedure going on and uh, I mean look I think this guy could uh, girly could play at a high level in spurts you know, like I was telling you about my, my back injury. I mean, I could walk on my leg, but after a minute, I have to sit down. So I think that Gurley could have... Well, uh, you're not uh, a professional uh, athlete, respectfully. How do you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I hate when people compare no. themselves to like, well, I had that kind no. of injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll challenge you to a race anytime, Scott. Anytime. So anyway. I'm not, uh, saying, I'm, I'm not saying you're not more athletic than me. I'm just saying, you, you know, your leg, you can't, we can't compare it to Todd Gurley's leg. What I'm just trying to say is I would pay to that, see that race, so. There you go. All right. Who would you bet on? What's the over-under? What's the prop? <laughs> well, I would. I'd, 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 I'd give on, it to Joe. You know, what, I'd give it to well, Joe. It depends on what kind of odds I'm getting on yeah. Scott. The only guy I could probably beat in the race is Corey Parson. That guy's getting winded going to the pizza <laughs> counter. But uh, <laughs> I've seen it. But, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to disagree with, with, uh, with Jim, too. Uh, he, he said, he, look, he pointed out about the Dallas game. That's fine. He could have re-injured the knee. To me, mm-hmm. when you played for the NFC Championship, if Todd Gurley is healthy at all, at all, you have to leave him in the game. Even if he starts, even if he doesn't start well, you know, you bring him to the sideline, you hit him on the helmet, you slap him on the shoulder pads, get it out of your head, have a short memory, yeah. get back out there. There's no way I think that any coach worth, worth his salt is going to stick C.J. Anderson in the NFC Championship game over Todd Gurley if Gurley's 100, anywhere near 100%. 
That's the way I look. Yeah, at but what it. what if it's Gurley's head that won't get it out of it? What what if it Gurley? You know, a lot of things that were said after the game in, in the press conferences and after that, in in some of the beat writer reports and stuff, it seemed to be that Gurley was down on himself after those early plays. So what if it of was course, his head he that got what? in the way? What, what what player isn't down on himself like after doing something like that? But these well, are professionals, and they go back. They go back. But but they didn't give him the chance to go back out there and do it. I don't I don't I don't think I, I don't I think if he's healthy, they give him back the chance to go back out there and do it. You know, this is this is a guy that was up for the MVP award last night. Yeah. You don't pull him out of the game just because he's down on himself a little bit. You know, Todd Gurley's got enough experience in this league and what we've seen him do that. You know, when, when he makes a mistake, he can come back from it. So you know, I'm not buying that. Well, that that's, that's speculation as well. We don't know that well, for a fact, and well, you know, we're, we're, even we're all... Marshall Falk said it's very possible he's seen guys have you know those crises of uh, confidence on on the sidelines and how it can affect different people different ways. That's all I'm saying. I'm it, not saying that's can, absolutely you... true, and I'm also not saying that he's not you know completely healthy. There's a chance, and very good chance, that he has lingering issues from the knee. No doubt about it. Look, half the players on the field today will have lingering issues from something. You yeah, don't play these guys are playing in what games. Yeah, yeah. He played his nineteenth game of the season today. So, well, well they, they he, he are overall. He's missed a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have to so, but I mean, you don't there. get to this point in the season without having Knicks and all that. And there's a very good chance he has to have a scope after the season. I get all that, but and and maybe he did re-injure it against Dallas. But there were no signs of it at the end of that game, and there really wasn't any signs of it early in that game for. Uh, Two weeks ago, because he came out, he was running good routes. He looked good. Um, you know, a lot of talk. We haven't really seen him make a big cut on that knee uh, since the injury happened. So maybe there's, there's definitely still something there. But the, the, like you said, Scott, if he was ready to go and even close, you know, I would force him back on the field. But they didn't want to do that because they have C.J. Anderson. I don't think they have that luxury today. They need to get Gurley going and into that game right away. Yeah, I don't think C.J. Anderson's a luxury at all. You know, he's played he's played very well for some games, but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think any coaches. He's been a big reason say, why they well, got to this we, game. We, yeah, yeah, but I don't think has. any coaches. I don't think he's, I guess the way I want to say it is the proper way to say it is. Say well, well, we could just push Gurley on the sidelines. We have C.J. Anderson, not the NFC Championship game. I just can't see that kind of reasoning. Uh, now, look, we we talk about we talked about McVeigh versus Belichick, and we know that the Rams want to run the ball. So obviously, Belichick knows that they're going to run the ball, and schematically, I think the Patriots have an advantage there because. They can kind of load up against the run. They can stick Stephen Gilmore on Robin Woods and double uh, double Brandon Cooks like they did with Tyreek Hill last week. And schematically, they can have the advantage. Now, Jared Cook will see something like that uh, loading up against the run. He'll check out of it. But you, you don't. You got to remember that Jared Cook, Jared Goff is still a young quarterback here. He's mm-hmm. in his third year. And what I think what they want to do here is when you look at Jared Goff and you look how he's played since week 12 and he had the one big game in week 16, and he did, he, you have to give him credit also for what he did last week, you know, leaving, leading that game-winning drive in the NFC Championship game. But I think the Patriots schematically really want to put this game on the shoulders of Goff 
who is not uh, not been too impressive overall statistically. Uh, he's thrown for 483 yards with one touchdown and one interception uh, this postseason. Two touchdown passes in three career playoff games with a rating of 78.9 in six of his past seven games, including the postseason. He has not thrown more than one touchdown pass. He's thrown just more than one touchdown pass just once. He has one 300-yard game in that span, although he did throw for 297 in the last game. He has just two interceptions in his last five outings, but he's fumbled ten times dating back to Week 11, being fortunate to lose to lose only three. And he's been sacked once during the playoffs. Uh, you know, Goff, Goff is Goff is a guy that you know the interceptions have also been there a little bit, uh, but not too much recently. But he doesn't do, you know, all the advanced statistics show that he doesn't do well under pressure. The Patriots have six sacks in the playoffs so far. So I think schematically, the the Patriots want to put this game on the shoulders Mm. of Goff. And Mm -hmm. can he respond statistically first and also enough to have the Rams win the Super Bowl, Joe? Statistically, uh, he's got his issues because he doesn't play as well against man coverage, and the Pats love to run man coverage. Also, another problem with him is, uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info, his average time before he throws the ball is 2.96 seconds. That's the fourth longest mark in in football. And then you go to Football Outsiders, and uh, they point out that quarterbacks holding the ball for an average of at least 2.8 seconds are 0-10 against the Patriots. So, uh, so statistically, he's got his issues. Now, from a, 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 from a standpoint of just Jarek Goff, the quarterback, the man, I was kind of impressed the way he handled himself against the Saints. I mean, the, especially the, that first half, that first quarter, uh, with the noise uh, in the uh, in the stadium and his helmet malfunctioning, him not being able to hear, showed a little bit of poise. Yes, yeah, statistically, his numbers aren't great, and you, you brought up great points about him, you know, the, losing the ball and whatnot, uh, fumbling. Uh, uses the play action a bunch. Uh, my opinion is if. The Rams can't get that running game going. The fact that he loves to use that play action, the, the fact that he holds on to the ball a little bit longer, could be a, a bad sign for him against the Pats. Last week in the, in the, uh, in the AFC Championship game, uh, they held Tyreek Hill to one catch by, uh, by doubling him and having Steven, Steven Gilmore uh, play elsewhere. Schematically, that may be what the Patriots do, put Gilmore on Woods and then dub, double Brandon Cooks uh, how do you think that's going to work out for the Patriots today? Will that be an effective strategy, Jim? Oh, I, you know, definitely. They're going to try and do whatever they can to take Cooks out of the, out of the uh, the equation here. Look, uh, he knows this this team very well after playing with them in 2017, uh, but they know him as well, and that's going to come into the fact. You know, they they definitely tied. Ty- double team Tyreek Hill in the title game and held him to one catch. So, you know, very good chance that they do the same thing to to Cooks here and, you know, again, this leads to some really if, if you believe that to be true, then it really leads to some really nice uh uh to prop bets uh, about what you think Cooks is going to do in this game. Look, they they know what he can do. They'll be all over him and and try to take him out of the game right from the start. Because, it, you know, if he gets hot early, they're going to be in trouble, and they know it. So I expect them to really have, you know, a, a decent game trying to hold him down. Look, 
since the Rams buy, Cook has managed 65 yards or less in six out of the seven games uh, that they've played, and he's only caught six balls in two of those games. So, you know, like you were talking about, Scott, earlier, is that this offense just hasn't been great since that, you know, uh, big game on the Monday night football stage uh, against Kansas City where they just went all out. Ever since then, the, the offense has not looked the same. So it's really going to come down to whether or not they can contain Cooks. If they can, they're going to put a lot of pressure on Goff to look other ways uh, to try and move the ball. How much do they uh, do they miss the, does the Rams offense and Jared Goff miss Cooper Cup, and how much would he have made a difference uh, tonight, Joe? Uh, I think they, the, the statistics show that uh, Goff and the Rams really do miss uh, – Cooper Cup a lot. The, the, this offense that uh, McVeigh has designed that's helped, uh, you know, Goff, you know, look, go from a, a quarterback in his rookie season looking lost to, to a, a very fine quarterback has designed uh, short passes over the middle. So, yeah, I think it would have made a big difference. And, and the way, you, you know, you guys are bringing up some great points about, you know, the double teaming Brandon Cooks, who the Pats really know well because he was on their team last year and, uh, you know, focusing on Woods. So to me, I mean, uh, you know, you got to look at Josh Reynolds. You have to look at also, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the, the tight ends, the Rams tight ends, that the, the Pats have uh, given up uh, eight touchdowns to tight ends during the regular season. So it's going to have to look at different places because Cup's not there. Uh, All right, our first guest of the day will join us next, uh, Ross Tucker. Uh, former Patriot himself, follow him at uh, at Ross Tucker NFL, and of course check him out at www.rosstucker.com, where you can check out a variety of his podcasts, including uh, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll ask Ross more about that uh, coming up in the 10 a.m. Eastern hour. We'll have uh, ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano, Seattle Seahawks tight end Nick Vanette. And in the final hour, as we go to noon today, we'll have uh, legendary New York Mets uh, captain and third baseman David Wright. So a star-studded day today. Ross Tucker joins the Roto Experts next.